It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to recap day number 11 of New York Jets training camp at Florham Park with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, it drizzled a little bit, not enough for practice to be moved inside or anything like that, but it did seem like a bit of an omen for what's been going on with the Jets and what continues to go on with the Jets in terms of injuries. Oh, listen, the weather was the best part of the day today. <laughs> uh, I thought I thought we were going to be uh, poured on, or and so they were going to put us inside, but they kept it outside, and the rain managed to hold off for most practice. And it was a nice, cool, like seventy degrees. So that was the best part of practice today, because just about everything on the field was bad, 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 gross, uh, ugly, boring. Uh, any other superlative, negative superlatives you can think of. Let's start with the wide receivers. So oh the boy. Jets are already down to the bare bones there. We thought that Brashad Perriman was coming back today. He did not. We thought maybe Denzel Mims might come back today. He did not. We thought Lawrence Cager, who's flashed in camp, would be back today. He was not. What we got was Jeff Smith, Josh Malone, Chris Hogan. But what we also got was Jeff Smith getting hurt. So then you were down to Chris Hogan and Josh Malone. Those were your two wide receivers for the Jets, or at least so we thought, until a hero came along. Chris, you know who I'm talking about. An unexpected white knight showed up in the form of George Campbell. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I made a joke the other day about during the scrimmage about uh, Braxton. I wrote my notes. Braxton Berrios was MVPing it. Well, today George Campbell was MVPing it. He, he was the MVP of the offense. Uh, he made a bunch of really nice plays. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jehu Chesson was getting a bunch of uh, run there. Josh Malone. Uh, when Jeff Smith went out, he, he hurt his shoulder, and you could see him favoring it as he went off. And, again, I, I have no skin in the game about the Jets, but I'm, I watched him go off the field holding his shoulder, and I was just like, oh, my. Like my, I'm like, head, hang my head. Like, what, what else could go wrong with this receiver group? Especially now, Gase made the. I don't. It, I thought it was weird at the time when Gase told us uh, it was middle of the week, and he's uh, we expect him back Saturday. Coaches very rarely give you like a specific day, so it, we, we all found that a lot a little odd. And this is why they don't do that because he wasn't back today. Um, but yeah, and then. 
you know, Jeff Smith hasn't been killing it the entire camp, but he's looked solid. He he's looked good. He looks like somebody who could contribute in a pinch, like they definite and they're being super pinched now. Um, and then he goes and he has to walk off and he's not back on the field. Uh, so, you know, pray for George Campbell basically is what I'm saying right now, because every time one of these receivers starts popping up and doing something good, something bad happens. Um, just all around, there's just nothing there with this group. Uh, they've got some decent guys, but outside of Crowder, there's just, just nothing. And they can't, what they have can't stay healthy and, this is this is just terrible for Sam Darnold. The, the third year of Sam Darnold, development of Sam Darnold, and you have this as the receivers, and it's 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 really troubling and baffling how you know you especially considering this year the pandemic, this weird training camp, all this stuff. You had to know there was going to be more. I mean, look at San Francisco. San Francisco is, uh, they had much better receivers, but they're having just as many injury issues as the Jets, if not more even. Um, so you can't, you can, you can't blame them for these injuries, but going into camp, it was obvious how weak they were here. And Joe Douglas and Adam Gase deserve some some blame for that. I know it's just the first year of Joe Douglas getting this rebuild. And I've said before, like, there was going to be some position that he had to kind of uh, pass on this year and wait till the next year. But they couldn't afford for that position to be wide receiver with Sam Darnold going to his third year. But here we are. This is going to be really rough for Sam Darnold's development. But as you said, let's hope that – George Campbell, A, doesn't get hurt, and B, that he continues what he did today because the Jets could use all the help they can get, and Campbell will never have a better opportunity than he has in front of him right now with all these other guys hurt. We'll get into what Gase said about the injuries to the other players in a bit, but let's also touch on this as far as wide receiver goes, Chris. Dante Moncrief has been signed by the Jets. They had to do something, and unfortunately, while Moncrief isn't great, he's the best guy they could get. And before anybody starts going crazy about it one way or the other, the reality is we are at the end of August right now. It's not like teams are going to be trading awesome receivers. The guys that are still available are just not very good. Moncrief's got speed. He was somebody that flashed coming out of college at Ole Miss. He's been very erratic as a pro, had injury issues. He's nothing special, but they had to do something, and this is really the best they could do right now. Yeah, and uh, when you're looking at it, like with uh, comparisons to even somebody like Kevin White, uh, I do think that uh, Moncrief is is the more the the higher floor type of guy. Um, and with the options available, I, he's probably the highest floor. At the, you know, they already got the highest floor guy available with Chris uh, uh, with Chris Hogan, and I think they just went out and got him again. And after practice now, there's you know there there's talk that they might have to go out and get another one. And Demarius Thomas's name is coming up again. Um, so this uh, this is where they're at. And again, you can. The injuries you can't control, but if they came into this season, into training camp with better uh, depth there and more actual players there, they'd be better set off. But, uh, you know, 
yeah, go ahead and bring in Dante Moncrief. It, it's not going to hurt. I mean, uh, they they don't. It's not like they they have to get rid of some superstar possible uh, potential there. It's so go ahead, give him a shot. See what he's got. Hopefully, he can stay healthy, and then he can at least help and be a, a steady target. Uh, you know, again, he's not going to be a guy who's just going to dominate and be wide open all the time, but it, it it's better than what they got right now. And what they got is not a heck of a lot. And as I said, we'll talk about the injury situation with those guys a little bit later on, but it's not great right now. The running back situation is weird. Talked about this with Manish yesterday, Chris. Kalen Balaj enters the running back room. You've already got the Michael P. Ryan, Le'Veon Bell, Frank Gore. Bell got the bulk of the carries today, but there seems to be this narrative forming that Gore is outperforming Bell in camp. Is that how you see it as somebody who's been there every day? And do you think that Balage entering this running back carousel is a little bit odd, considering that it seems like there's not going to be enough carries for everybody as it is? The way I'm, I'm looking at what's going on with Bell and Gore right now, it's, it's, part of it is it's similar to what we went through last year with Bell, where it's just the offensive line was just so bad in run blocking that he couldn't get anything going. And with Le'Veon Bell's style, his patient style, to wait for things to open up, to bounce stuff around, it's harder to do when you have such a terrible run blocking scheme. So – you know, they would switch it up to somebody who would just be – the Blau Pau was more just see the hole, hit the hole. That's never been Le'Veon Bell's style. Um, so it's it's really hard for me to sit here and try to, like, read into this as to what Le'Veon Bell has lost or not lost. Because first off, he is in great physical shape. Second off, when I do see him uh, cut – and take off and explode through a hole. He cuts, takes off and explodes through the hole, just like I've ever seen. Um, I don't see anything that's making me look at Le'Veon Bell. Like he's washed. She doesn't have it anymore. Uh, this, like I, I said, after the scrimmage, the first play of the scrimmage, there was a, an open hole to his right. He passed it up and went right into a pile in the middle. That, that was bad. That that happens every, every once in a while. Uh, that was the only time that I've seen that happen this training camp. I I don't see the same negatives with Le'Veon Bell right now that everybody that other people seem to see. But with Frank Gore, Frank Gore is somebody who's just gonna take the handoff and he's just gonna go right through a hole. Um, so I do think there's something to the the. Uh, idea that Frank Gore it might be a better fit in what this terrible offensive line and offense is going to need but the, and then we're back here at my overall arching uh training camp running backs uh portion where it's just really hard to judge these guys um in training camp when they're not getting hit uh it's really hard to, uh, to to judge running backs. But when I watch Le'Veon Bell move, I don't see somebody who I'm like, yeah, he's not what he used to be. I just don't see that. 
No matter who the running back is, it seems like the offense is just having trouble. And to be fair, as you said, so many injuries and the issues with the offensive line, it's bound to happen. But as we get closer and closer to the season, it's got to make you worry a little bit. I understand that you're dealing with fourth string wide receivers for Sam Darnold, but this is an offense that didn't look good at all again today. Yeah, and I'm going to go back to what we said all last year. If if Le'Veon Bell's not the most ideal best fit with this offensive line, we'll go ahead and line him out wide sometimes. Let, use him as a decoy, especially with as bad as this receiver group is. Uh, you can use Le'Veon Bell as a receiver more. Um, so maybe that's that's what he should be doing. Um, but it's, it's definitely alarming to have these wide receiver issues – and then to think that you can't figure out a way to use Le'Veon Bell correctly as well on top of that. Again, this is not helping Sam Darnold in year three, you know, what's looked at as a make or break year uh, when you can really start to try to evaluate a quarterback. Um, and then, yeah, the addition of Kalen Balage, seventh round, conditional seventh round draft pick. I'm not getting worked up over it. It didn't seem to make a lot of sense. Um, uh, from a running back standpoint, just mostly, I don't know why they even needed one uh, to bring one in. But again, seventh round conditional pick, he might not even make the roster. We were talking beforehand. You brought up the possibility that it's uh, for special teams reason, and that would make all the sense in the world. And if you're gonna, okay, cool, go ahead and give up a seventh rounder. I don't really care who you're bringing back on the seventh rounder. You, it's a seventh rounder. Uh you can go ahead and trade that uh, if you want to. Then there's also the ro- the rules with the roster are different this year. Your <laughs> practice squad's allowed to be a little bit bigger. You're allowed to protect a certain amount of players. I'm not sure where Kalen Balazs' uh, status fits on being able to use in there, that type of situation. But you can do some different things with the roster that you can't normally do. So maybe that plays a factor into this as well. Um but when you're giving up a seventh round conditional draft pick, I'm on, I'm just, I'm honestly here. I'm not going to spend a lot of my time looking into the whys of it when we're going to find out in a week anyway. Um, And it's a seventh round draft pick Uh, at most. They'll give up a seventh round draft pick and there's a good chance that they won't give up anything if he, if he doesn't make the the roster right after camp. So, um, but it's, it's one of those things that just like the, Running back is probably not the position you need to be focusing on right now. But, you know, if they use him as special teams, then that makes all the sense in the world. Cool. But it's there's just not a lot of positions you can look at with the Jets and feel good about right now. And wide receiver, you certainly can't do that. Running back, you can't do that. But a large part, that's due to the offensive line and their running that you can't – because you can't do it with them either. It just doesn't look good. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. 
They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Gase did talk about Kalen Balaj on special teams after practice, and we'll get to that in a bit. But first, before we get to some of the good news, let's just get the rest of the bad news out of the way. Marr missed another kick today. The two kickers they have are both terrible. I mentioned on the show with Manish yesterday that perhaps they should consider bringing in Steven Hauschka, who was recently released by the Bills. Not what he used to be, but certainly better than what the Jets have, because if they have to rely on either of these two guys, it's going to be really ugly. And Chris, if they can't get Steven Hauschka, maybe they can get somebody who used to cover the team. I believe you had somebody in mind specifically. Yeah, well, uh, there was... This is something that was on all of our reporters' minds because there was a lot of comments about Hauschka. Uh, there was uh, bring back Ross Martin, uh, a Taylor Bertolette callback to bring him back. And then I just said, get Popper on the phone. Uh, Daniel Popper used to cover the Jets uh, for the Daily News. And uh, for people that don't know this story, he's a younger kid, but uh, he was talking to us about how he can kick field goals. And telling us stories about him and his friends going having these bets, and you know we've all we've all have a friend who tell who tells us they could hit a home run or they can make a fifty yard field goal, and we all know that guy. So we're all just uh, uh, cracking on a uh, popper, joking on him, like yeah, all right, whatever. And then one day we made him do it inside the field house and made him kick a thirty five yard field goal. He had like loafers on. And that we brought Brant Boyer out to, to watch him and evaluate him. And he kicked it, and he made it. So I, I, every time there's kicking problems, 
get Popper on the phone, bring Popper back. Good kid, like that kid anyway. And he can get you a 35-yard field goal on loafers. So I, I know that. And and believe me, there's you think there's a lot of pressure with 50,000, 60,000 fans. I bet you that pressure w- was – uh, there was more pressure him doing that in front of all of us than there is the fans because he knew he would never hear the end of it if he couldn't get it through with that. Um, so, yeah, bring Popper back because they need it. This What they got right now is nothing to feel confident about. I I feel like this is that can just kind of be my stock answer for every question you throw at me for the rest of uh, this year is, yeah, there's nothing to feel confident about. Chris, let's get to some good news before we talk about what Adam Gase had to say and recap the injury situation. Quinn and Williams had a nice day. Marcus May had a nice day. And we saw the return of a guy that we assume is going to be a key piece of the defense as a starting cornerback in Pierre Desir. Yeah, the, the Quinn had a nice sack. Marcus May had, the, had a nice sack and also broke up a, a possible touchdown pass in the end zone, it, that was actually probably Darnold's best throw on the day. He was hitting, trying to hit Herndon in the back of the end zone. But like I said, the, the Chris, Marcus made the Chris Herndon stopper. He's the only one that's stopping Herndon so far, and he did it again. Excellent coverage, swatted the ball away. Pierre Desir was back out there today on the field. He was running mostly with the twos. Um, Brian Poole came back too. He, he was mostly working on the side, did a little bit of special team stuff. Avery Williamson starting to do a little bit more on the field. So they, they are getting some guys back on defense. Um, and, and that's obviously good. It, it was mostly uh, – uh, it was Mallette and Bless Austin running with the ones on the outside there today. Uh, so, you know, we'll see uh, what what happens over these next couple practices if Pierre Desir works his way back in there. Again, I feel pretty confident right now that Bless Austin – is going to be one of the starters. So it'll basically just be, does is there enough time for Pierre Desir to prove that he should be the, the starter over Arthur Millette? And I'd, I'd say there's enough time for that to be the, the case. Um, again, Avery Williams is getting some more work. So they're starting to get some more guys on the defensive side of the ball, um, which, which is a good thing. But, you know, again, there's still, there's still plenty of problems throughout the team on both sides. What's going on with the injuries, Chris? We touched on some with the wide receiver, but let's go through them all. Laundry list as it may be, what do we know about the injury situation as of this moment? Rashad Paraben, like I said, he was supposed to. They thought that he would be ready today, but that swelling has not gone down yet. They wisely just uh, shied away from giving us a specific day. Uh, again, um, Greg Van Roten uh, got hurt, and he was limited in practice today. Uh, let's see, Jeff Smith went down. Uh, Mims is starting to do a little bit more stuff on the sidelines, so maybe in the next couple of days we could see something from him. Um, Cager is still out right now, and I, this they're definitely considering even more options outside of just Moncrief to bring in a different receiver. Um, and, yeah, but it's really uh, the the Jeff Smith injury today that's, that jumped out because it's just, you know, Cager went out and he, we don't have any signs of him coming back anytime soon. At least Perriman, you think, is going to be close. I, I don't have any good feeling about Cager being anywhere close. 
Um, and then the, the Jeff Smith thing again, it, uh, Gase didn't sound optimistic at all on that. Um, yeah. And like I said, there's still the swelling in the knee repairman. It, it's just, it's just ugly. Everything. It's just ugly all around right now. Adam Gase spoke after practice. He said, everything is on the table. Regarding a question about whether or not the Jets will bring in Demarius Thomas As much as a lot of people don't want to hear this It kind of would make sense at this point Because there are not a lot of options As Chris and I said Involving the Dante Moncrief signing Plus Thomas actually likes Adam Gase Enjoys playing for him and knows the scheme So perhaps we see him at some point They're going to be at MetLife Stadium tomorrow So not Florham Park Going to be more like a practice than a scrimmage though So for people that were thinking it was going to be Scrimmage Part 2 not going to be the case And as I alluded to earlier Gase said that a big part of the reason why They wanted to acquire Balage Was for special teams ability Said he wants to help Brand Boyer Because of all the injuries And all the players that he's lost on special teams So makes sense Maybe Balage even gets in there And gets a shot at some kick returns Because he did do that for Gase in 2018 And we know that Vincent Smith Is going to be out for a while So Balage possible stash candidate Guy that could work with the special teams for now Maybe it's not that crazy In terms of acquiring him And overloading the running back room Because maybe they're not even really looking at him Through the running back lens At least for 2020 2021 who knows But for 2020 maybe he's just here To be a special teams guy Chris Nimbley The owner-operator Lead reporter Holt Shebang At JetsInsider.com Thanks so much for coming on And talking about training camp with me as depressing as it was today, really appreciate it. I'm sure that you've got plenty written up about this at JetsInsider.com. And I would suggest that anybody that does read your takeaway starts with George Campbell because you always want to look on the sunny side of life, don't you? Yeah, absolutely, especially with this team. Because if you don't look for that sun right off the bat, you might never get to it. So, um, but yeah, I'll have uh, the three observations up and uh, – these next couple of days, I'm going to start uh, really doing more focusing on looking into the season and the season and where they stand and where the, the problem areas are. So I'll have a bunch of that up there for you guys as well. Go ahead and read Chris's very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. Follow him on Twitter at CNimbly and at JetsInsider. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.